Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint here, and I have a special guest today. Her name is Mac, but you might know her better as Kenzie Puff. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been uh, been looking forward to talking to you. You're one of the more interesting personalities on Twitter, and I hope you don't take that the wrong way. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I The reason I like following you is because I, I'm always... Um, I guess I don't, I don't know exactly what to expect, you know, on, on any topic. It, you, you certainly have a unique vantage point on some of the, uh, the modern, you know, outrage things that we go through, it seems like on a 24 hour basis. So I, I wanted to get into first, like, what is your ideological leaning? I, I know you tend to post about Hoppe quite a bit. Is that, are you more of a Hoppian than a, you know, libertarian or a Rothbardian or do you not even classify it? Um, I just classify myself as anarcho-capitalist. I probably, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I've been getting into Hoppe's writings a lot lately, which I'm sure anybody that follows me has seen, uh, but I'm definitely very inspired by Rothbard and Mises as well. So I just feel like either libertarian for the normies or when I'm talking to other libertarians, calling myself an anarcho-capitalist is probably just the best way to describe it. Well, then that's why I like you. I'm an ANCAP as well. Um, awesome. I, <laughs> I, I haven't honestly, and I know this is a very uh, consistent thing amongst the libertarians, I haven't read much of Hoppe. What, what is it about his writing that has appealed to you as of late? Well, for me personally, I, I come from a place of, I really started from a very apathetic centrist position okay. and then got into kind of like, hmm, I don't know how to politely say it, just kind of like basic libertarian, like you would just post taxation as theft, like very base, <laughs> very base level knowledge when you're first getting into all the stuff, the phase that everybody goes through being a little baby libertarian. And then when I started getting into Rothbard and then Hoppe, it really makes what you are reading feel more real. And it feels it's not like a cool fad anymore. I started getting into this when I was in college. So it goes from kind of just a community-based thing. It's fun. You get to meet people to, oh, this is actually a practical way for living, in my opinion. And writers like Rothbard and Hoppe show that it, it can be practical. And I think that's why a lot of people consider them radical, even though to me, I just read their writings and they just make sense to me. <laughs> sure. And especially well, with Hoppe in particular, the democracy, the God that failed stuff, watching the past years since 2016. Yeah, watching democracy fail. <laughs> yes, quite literally watching democracy fail makes his writings a lot more, I don't know, I guess, like I said, it just makes it more real. It makes it seem more realistic instead of some abstract, you know, 
well, here's what it could be like. You look and you're like, oh, this is actually what is happening right in front of my face right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I think uh, that's been my primary success with kind of growing my brand, so to speak, is the fact that I, because I understand Austrian economics on a fairly deep level, I've been able to make a lot of predictions early on that people then go, oh, wow, like I, I might want to listen to this guy. Like he, he yeah. nailed all of the social unrest, you know, in the first weeks of lockdown. And I feel like Rothbard, and I'm certainly not putting myself in that category, so please don't think I'm that egotistical. <laughs> However, there is something to be said for the uh, the capacity for prognosticating that Rothbard and Hoppe had. And I think that that really sways people when they start to see modern civilization start to uh, really go down the exact path that they laid out. And for me, you know, because I haven't read Hoppe yet, which I absolutely need to and I, I plan to, uh, Rothbard was hugely inspirational. I mean, anatomy of state is just like the best primer for radicalizing anybody into libertarianism <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And I, I try and push it on people as often as possible. It's just, it's so compelling. It's, um, I mean, it's just, it's just perfection. Honestly, it's, it's yeah. short. It's to the point. It, it, it hits everything out of the park. you you can't, you cannot read that and come away thinking anything other than the state is, essentially an evil that must be done away with. So I, I, uh, I definitely would consider myself more of a Rothbardian, but ANCAP is the, the broader title. Um, so Hoppe obviously gets thrown under the bus a lot for the, the memes that are about him, even <laughs> though he tends to, from what I've heard and read, uh, just little snippets of him, it seems as if he's just simply saying that you can't make a peaceful society with a community that wants you dead, which is kind of the vantage point against communism is that is that your reading of it or am I broad brushing it too much um yeah I think and it's so it's funny to me there's a picture that went around with Hoppe with actually some of my friends that I've met in the liberty movement in it of that of him holding a small helicopter yep, yep. I've seen it <laughs> and just watching people go absolutely insane over that. I just, it's just a level of insanity. I just legitimately don't understand. What I will say before I say anything is I am, I don't call myself Hoppian because I don't consider myself the most well-read on Hoppe's writings either. Sure. But um, from what I've gathered, uh, the whole physical removal thing, it's, it's kind of blown out of proportion by, well, mostly left libertarians. Yeah. But um, like you said, what it really boils down to is just you, as I just sent out a tweet this week saying, I, I can't live with these people. Like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging, especially if you believe in property rights as your core, that you have the right to not live around people that you either just don't want to, because I don't even think you necessarily, they have to be violent. I, I think, hello, freedom of association, is that not a thing? Like, <laughs> we just, we don't believe in that anymore suddenly, or, but, but that's the thing, it, the whole freedom of association thing that when everybody's a baby libertarian, they love to tout, seems like it doesn't apply to more right-wing people. And the right. moment someone that, that comes off as more right-wing or is just outward, right wing, right wing comes out and says, well, you know, I don't want to associate with these people and I think they should be physically removed, so to speak. People go insane. Yeah. And if a left wing person says something like that, people go, you're right. You shouldn't have to. And it just blows my mind. But <laughs> Well, it's interesting because, you know, the collegiate arena, they now have basically segregated 
studying sessions and, and dorms. And it's like, they, they are absolutely proceeding with freedom of association, but it can only be against white people. That's like, that's, that's the acceptable limit right now. And um, while I, I personally prefer a society that is diverse, I am also not opposed to people who feel differently and want to exclude themselves from that society and create their little commune of all similar looking people. It's like, yeah. I don't care, you know, do whatever you well, want. A, a thing that I, again, will never understand is if there is a group of people in society that says that they hate you, that is outwardly hateful to you, that are then going, we want to go live in our own community away from you. Why are you not let, like, what is the threat? Right. They, they are removing themselves, especially when it comes to like the, the more extreme types. Well, I don't really think it's that extreme. If people want to go do it, I think they should be able to, but it's like, no, you have to live with us because, <laughs> because reasons. And it just, it doesn't make any sense. If there is a group of people that said, uh, we hate pale girls uh, that have auburn <laughs> hair. And they were like, we hate you. We want to kill you. You know, we want to whatever. And then they went, but instead, we're going to go make our own whatever where people like you can't live. I'd be like, oh, thank God. You're yeah. removing yourself from, you're basically removing the danger from me. You're going to do, a, you know, what I, what most people would prefer not to be around people who want to kill them. Right. But it just, but then you say that, and it was so funny. I, a few weeks ago, one of my followers sent me a screen cap. Somebody was saying that I am uh, a race realist who supports segregation. And oh, I'm man. just like, okay, sitting the crazy stuff aside, as a libertarian, if people are voluntarily choosing, you can think it's stupid and think it's wrong. Like you said, you'd prefer to live in a diverse society. But if people are voluntarily choosing it, how, what is wrong with that? I, I honestly think it's, it just boils down to people being educated on the civil rights movement yeah. and, and believing sure. that, you know, the state has to be involved in this process. Whereas many libertarians, including the, the Pauls, uh, you know, Ron and Rand have gotten themselves in trouble by saying that they don't support some of the aspects of the civil, civil rights movement because it essentially, you know, forced people into, I don't know evolving <laughs> but right. um i i tend to i tend to sympathize with that perspective where it's like obviously i think that it was immoral for the government to have jim crow laws and all sorts of you know actual laws that were racist at their core but at the same time i don't think it's the government's right or responsibility to force us to integrate if if people have chosen not to and i i understand the knee-jerk reaction particularly from libertarians because you know, we want the best possible society moving forward. But I think you have to realize that not everyone wants what we want. You know, you, you have to allow for differences of perspective and opinion and allow for the commies to go start their commune. Like God willing, <laughs> God bless, please leave me the fuck alone. Like I, I, all I want is peaceful secession. And I get very often I get pushback for that for just for using the word. It's like secession is now tied in in struggle it's racist yeah exactly with with the civil war it's like yep. it's but it's simply not you know like i all it is is i and i always emphasize peaceful because like i'm not i'm not advocating for a violent revolt to secede i want you to let me go like i want i want to let you go and vice versa and i, I talked <laughs> to um freckles and brit about this a couple of days ago but there's no 
there's no hope of unifying this country at this point. Like you have half of the country that believes that Joe Biden is the savior and the other half that believe Donald Trump is, the, is God himself. And it's like, how do you possibly unify these people when I don't, I don't think either of them are good options. And I also want like my third path to go my separate way. So uh, how do you, how do you envision us uh, proceeding? Is there any chance for kind of a making of amends or are you also in my camp where it's like, we just have to go our own ways at this point? Well, I, I don't know. It's not even really a matter of, uh, for me of, we can't be unified. I've always, even before, well, I should say probably around 2016, going through that election, especially because that was really the first election that I went through where I was very tuned into everything that was going on. I was watching all the debates and keeping up with every single candidate and, and really watching people's reactions to it. And after going through that, I immediately, you know, I started getting into anarcho-capitalism and reading on the Mises Institute and, and going down to Auburn for the Mises University and actually reading about the stuff. And I just thought, okay, even if we were a unified country, if, if there were people in one state, in one little city who just happened to not get along and wanted to secede, they should be able to do that. And there's no reason anybody should try and stop them unless of course you want to go with them or something. And you sure. know, you think they should do it perhaps a different way, but I think the way forward, and I've always thought that the way forward is absolutely decentralization and secession, preferably for me, you know, we can start with city by city. It doesn't have to be some, I keep saying, oh my God, there's going to be a civil war. You know, that red arc's been happening since 2016. And right. yeah, sure. Maybe that's possible. I don't think in my lifetime, maybe in my kids, maybe in their kids, I don't know. But I, I think what's more likely is just and I think more than ever before, it's easier to talk to normal people about, maybe you don't even have to say the word secession, but you can just say, hey, wouldn't it make more sense if you weren't feeling like whoever becomes president is going to quite literally end your life? Right. Do you want to continue to feel this way? Or even local officials, like city officials that are doing these mask mandates, do you want them to have that power? Or do you think you should be able to say, no, my neighborhood, how, however small you want the unit to be, we're not going to do that. We're going to leave. We're going to do this. And that's how it's going to be. I, yeah. I think now more than ever, it, I think it's a lot easier to convince people that that makes sense. And then once they realize that, you can start, you know, hammering out the details about who will build the roads and all that. But, you know, <laughs> for now, I think it's just the basic, I think more people than ever have a basic understanding that they might not understand what the solution is and how to get there, but they know something is not right. This just does not make sense how we're doing things right now. For sure. Well, I think I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you in that. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that while you and I and many of the people that we follow certainly do see the problem. I'm not so sure that there's you know, a majority of this country that doesn't look at the president's position and say to themselves, he's not too powerful. He's just wrong. You know, like <laughs> yeah. they, they want their guy in there to be the all powerful God, like, you know, daddy figure. Whereas I want that position to be as toothless as possible. It has become increasingly powerful as Rothbard warned over the past, you know, hundred years it's it's really exponentially increased to the point that he's nearing on king-like status and 
I, you know, having someone like Trump or Biden at that helm is horrifying to me because they're just so, I mean, they're both, they're con men of different colors. You know, it's like, I, I just don't see any hope in the modern political system. And, and while certainly a lot of people see that as well, unfortunately, they haven't yet realized that the solution is not just changing that, who that person is, it's dismantling it as a whole. So I don't know. I don't know how I, I agree though. I should definitely rebrand uh, my secession talk because it's, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying there though. There's definitely, we have to, one of the major problems that you like you just pointed out, people know something's wrong on a deep level. They just don't understand that it's not who it is. It's the entire thing that it is yep. the entire set it's the system it's not a feature it's a it, it's not a bug it's it a is. feature of the system yeah that it's is how it is meant to work it just gets bigger and this is why minarchists drive me nuts and i i'm not one of those ancaps that's edgy that's like oh well minarchists are all stupid and we can't work with them on anything i i'm completely for working with them to, for limited government but i just sent out a tweet the other day limited government is an oxymoron and that this is there is more proof now more than ever that that is true. I yeah. mean, looking at what's happening, not even just the states. I mean, look at what ha what's happening in Victoria, Australia. Um, unbelievable. It's, it's scary. And it's as funny as it is to say, well, I'm an American, blah, blah, blah. We've been getting spied on for years, people. <laughs> like, yeah, it's easy to look at Europe and, and places like Australia right now and say, oh, that will never happen here. But there's things that we said that were like that 10 years ago and they're happening now. Yeah. So, you know, we have to start looking at things from a realistic perspective as well. But Yeah, well, and the problem with partisanship is that a lot of the right wingers have been subdued because they're guys at the helm, even yeah. though the, you know, blue state governors have been the ones cracking down hardest on lockdown policies uh, here at home. And then, you know, you have, again, the partisanship ran cover plus the, you know, fear mongering and the warmongering of the 9-11 attacks. You had the Patriot, oh. Patriot Act put in under Bush, which the right wing would have never stood for had it attempted to have been passed under, say, someone like Biden, or excuse me, uh, Obama. So I, it's just... The path that we're on is so destructive. I, uh, I wonder, do you, because I, I, I still can't wrap my head around the lockdown policies and obviously the name of my show being Liberty Lockdown. I, I started this show during the lockdown because the uh, government put me out of business. And I'm curious, what, what is your belief? Do you, because I'm starting to feel more and more conspiratorial about it in that, you know, we had never had global lockdowns even close to this magnitude. And now it happens in unison across the board, even though there was many governmental writings that said that this was a bad idea and that we shouldn't do it. And then it gets implemented everywhere for a virus that is relatively um, benign compared to some of the viruses that we've dealt with in the past, like Ebola, SARS, all these other ones were far, far more deadly. What, what's your belief on, or do you have any opinion as to how, how this incredibly destructive policy came to pass? Well, it depends on how conspiratorial you want to get. Cause Let's I, go. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> I, I am very, uh, you know, X-Files is my favorite show. We could go pretty deep here. but uh, <laughs> you're, you're too young to love the X-Files. What are you talking about? I, I know. It, can't, it aired the year that I was born. <laughs> um, oh, my God. You just made me feel so old. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I will admit, to be completely honest, 
I would love to say I was one of those people that when this first started happening was like, this is BS, you know, it's not a big deal, whatever, whatever. At the beginning, it, things were kind of scary. We were seeing what I now believe were probably fake videos of people in China, like dying in the streets and, Crazy. and coughing up blood. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is not like Ebola or, you know, whatever. This is, this is real. This is really scary. And I think the fact that it, this is going to sound racist, but whatever. The fact that it came out of China scared me a little bit more because they are so authoritarian there. And it did seem like they were hiding numbers. And that made you think, oh, well, maybe it's even worse than what I'm seeing. True. And then, but then watching how governments responded. And now, as we have seen, the flip flopping back and forth between mask wearing, gatherings, you know, you can't go to church or the gym, but you can crowd into a Walmart. Um, and this was even before mask mandates. And it's like, okay, so we have a deadly disease that only kills you in church and the gym. Okay. That seems really <laughs> weird to me. That seems very strange to me, but okay. And just watching the reactions to it. And I, I honestly hate that it's, we just talked about partisanship. I hate how partisan this thing is. Oh, it's incredible. It's like, if you're against the lockdown, you're Republican. If you're for it, you're a Democrat. And well, like you pointed out, a lot of the Democratic governors are the ones that are really cracking down and doing mask mandates. And the Republicans, thank goodness, you know, ha seem to have some sense and say, no, this is ridiculous. Numbers are going, deaths are going down. We're fine. We have it under control. Right. It's, I think we should just be able to look at things. And this is why I never was involved in politics before 2015, 2016, because of things like this. I, you can't talk about anything without anyone making it this huge political deal, this big, you know, my side versus your side type thing. I'm like, yeah. how about we just talk about common sense? Because I have talked with, uh, friends. Uh, we went to a party a few months ago. I don't know anybody there except the guy whose birthday it was. Uh, hopefully I don't get the Corona police called on me now, but <laughs> I know all these girls that were there. Everyone was ha drinking, having a good time. All these girls I were talking to, I know are left-leaning. You're typical leftists. You know, they're for BLM and all this. And they were waitresses, nurses, teachers, office workers. And all of them were like, this is BS. Oh, interesting. We're we're done with this. This, this seems silly. And I kind of tiptoed in and like, what you talking about? <laughs> Seeing if I could, you know, but I thought it, I was shocked because I thought for sure, oh, they're going to tell me, oh, why aren't you wearing a mask? You know, all this, because I was getting wrapped up in it too. And they didn't do that. And I think hopefully, like you said, normal people still haven't quite made the connection that it's just arbitrary government rules. But, um, I think, I hope at least, that maybe people will see that that this is this is just the biggest example of also of how incompetent government has been with all this. Oh, deeply. I mean, even at the state level, just watching them scramble to get tests and of what is supposedly a deadly disease, uh, with a you know, ninety-nine point nine eight survival rate. But anyway, <laughs> um, they couldn't get tests. 
and they still haven't fucking sent out tests it's unbelievable they weren't they weren't willing to i actually think was it massachusetts some state basically slashed um what was making it so nurses couldn't travel state to state without getting a different license in that state specifically mm-hmm. and they slashed that so they could bring more nurses in to oh, I remember that, the yeah. hospitals yeah. and i thought okay this is it yes this is great yes slash the regulations let you know how about we do that all the time people let people help, but then it's swaying to, well, no, we, we're going to force old people into nursing homes so that they die because reasons, I guess. And, <laughs> and all, all of the mask mandates. And it, it's just, luckily, where I live, um, we never went full lockdown. But I'm in the Midwest, so I feel like, and my state's pretty consistently red, but... Well, you you lucked um, out. I'm I'm in California, so I, I got I got hammered. I very very lucked out. So, you know, businesses pretty much all require masks, but it wasn't ever like a if you leave your house and we see you without a mask, you better worry because someone's gonna yell at you for not wearing a mask. So, that's nice. Uh, uh, here you can't. I mean, for a while, like the, I I remember vividly the first six weeks of this thing. And by the way, I, I was like you. Yeah, I was very concerned because of the nature of where the virus originated and the fact that I was I was really so on top of it that I was following the potential arc of this thing prior oh, yeah, to me too. prior to the news actually talking about it. So yeah. I was I was very concerned early on, but then I, I also was doing the same thing I always do, which is follow the the actual numbers behind things. And I yeah. realized very early on that there was no purpose for a lockdown and that it was ultimately going to play itself out and that herd immunity was almost certainly going to be reached before a vaccine arrived. And it's like, I'm just some dude sitting in my fucking house that like <laughs> reads stuff online. With a computer, like, uh, and you figured it out. So yeah. And, yeah. and yet we have people that are, you know, the highest in our government that are dictating policies that are, are deeply detrimental, that have almost certainly broken the economic system in this country. And and people don't even seem to care. It's like, yeah. and, and what I try to, and I know this is a, a, a reach, but what I've tried to do recently is extrapolate the fact to people that don't understand it, that lockdowns are not even on the table, if not for the Federal Reserve. Like the fact that the government can print money and just basically paper over all of the craters that they put in our economy. It's like, yeah. if they didn't have that capacity, they could not lock down the economy because we would immediately riot. If people didn't have checks coming in, the system would have fucking melted down in, you know, mid June. So uh, I, I know a lot of people would say, well, that's an argument for having a central bank. No, no, it's not. It allows no. the government to do really destructive shit and, uh, you know, debase the, the value of our currency moving forward, not to mention the massive economic destruction it's, it's likely to bring about over the fall, over the preceding years. It's like, I, I'm just, God, I don't know. I went, I went down a path here. Some- <laughs> No, that you bring up a good point though, because about the the officials and and the Federal Reserve and all of that, something that I've seen, I have seen over the past, I would love to say few months, but it's been half a year at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like done. Like <laughs> like I, I I was making jokes in this restaurant. I'm like I'm introverted. This is great. And don't get me wrong, I still could sit in my house and I'd be fine. Yeah. But it's the reactions of other people that are driving me nuts that are just so willing that I know are dying just sitting in their house because they're so extroverted. They're like, well, I don't want to die, so I'm just gonna stay in my house. I'm like, you're not gonna die. You're fine. You're you're 20 like me. You have no health conditions. You literally you're 
you're more likely to die driving your car down the highway than get killed by this thing or whatever. I know. But I have seen people, when it comes to elected officials, giving them the benefit of the doubt. And this is not the only time this has happened. It's been happening pretty much since this country was founded. Well, you know, they're doing their best. (laughs) And I'm sure they don't mean to lie to us. You know, they don't, they're not all knowing. They don't have all the data. They have to change plans as, as new data arises and all this. And I go, no, you're an idiot. These people know exactly what they're doing. Yep. And that's when we could get really conspiratorial, but it's not even a conspiracy. They know, they know what they're doing. Fauci, all these people, they know that this is affecting people on a level that is, I, at least in my lifetime, completely unprecedented. For sure. Like, I, I have never, I've never really, well, I mean, we just had 9-11 a few days ago. Uh, but I've never seen anything like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause you know, 9-11 affected certain aspects of our lives, certainly traveling and, and privacy, but not on such a, you cannot unsee it. It's affecting everything you do in your everyday life level. Yeah. And that gets to you no oh, matter absolutely. how mentally, I mean, I just talked to my parents have been just, they are not political at all. You know, my mom just watches normie news and stuff like that. <laughs> So she leans left, but my dad, I grew up being told, you don't talk about politics, religion, or family feuds, do what you want to do. Uh, my dad, well, you, you just, certainly rebelled, huh? My dad just told me, oh yeah, I am my brother's becoming a pastor. So that just really did not work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was a religion major and I was in college. So, oh, wow. you know, this, it, it did, that advice did not work. We, we talk about all those things, <laughs> but <laughs> he, he told me, you know, never vote a straight ticket, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I took that as just don't vote. And I didn't. But, and now I voted once. I probably won't ever again. But <laughs> um, I, it's been so scary to see and sad because, you know, it's easy to make fun of people for wearing masks. If somebody wants to wear a mask and they, it makes them feel better, fine, do it. I don't care. I've seen sure. a lot of libertarians be like, that's a muzzle, you statist, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you are never going to convince someone by calling them a muzzle wearer. I yeah. get it. It's funny to call people NPCs, and I certainly partake in that all the time. Right. But when it comes to something like this, that's so scary. I do understand if you are someone, I don't even have cable, but if you are someone who watches the news every night and all day long, they're rolling death tolls, even yep. if... Because if you don't look at the numbers, you just hear 600 new cases today. And you're like, oh my God, 600 new cases in my county? That's insane. I'm like, okay, there's like hundreds of thousands of people in your county. You need to calm down. But people don't think like that. They just see a number. They see the news saying, wear a mask. It's very dangerous. Every single day for six months, you're going to get freaked out. You're going to think that this thing could still kill you. And the longer you're cooped up in your house... Even if, you know, the thing has taken your job away, it's taken your, your friends away, you can't meet with anybody, it, you know, you can't have parties, you can't have weddings, you can't even go, we have a friend whose aunt died, he, they couldn't even have a funeral, it was like four yep. people could go. You can't it, hug people, you can't, you know, it's date. So, it's so inhuman. It's psychological warfare as far as I'm concerned, it, really. Exactly. It is. And I'm someone who I, I consider myself 
especially when, because I see through a lot of this stuff, probably more than other people, like not being egotistical, it's just when you have your pulse on this stuff, you kind of, after a while, you might get fooled for a little bit, but after a while you start to go, mm, I'm seeing a pattern here. The, totally. the history is repeating. Yep. But even it takes a toll on you. It's, you know, I'm, thank God I got married last year, but I have a friend who was supposed to get married in April. She couldn't get married. Like it's, it really is. You said it, it's psychological warfare and it's just so weird. We just, you know, happened to have a pandemic in 2020 and riots in 2020 and I'm like, wow, it's like, like, are they planning these shootings to happen every election year or what? Or right before an election year? Because it kind of seems like it. Like, well, I think, I, I think as long as there's a guy in power that they don't want in power, yes, that is likely to be right. the case. It's, it's just so, and I just, I, it drives me nuts that some people just don't see through it. And when you start to say, wow, it's really weird. We, you know, we're having all these lockdowns and people are getting really psyched out and scared to go out and vote and, and go outside their homes. And people go, well, are you saying that it's not real? And I'm like, no, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm telling you, based on the evidence, the data that the government website you trust so much is telling you, they just came out and said, most of the people that even died from it had two or three pre-existing conditions. Yep. And were like 70 years old. Yep. So they, they said it was less than 10% were actual deaths exclusively from COVID. And I think it's over 50% of the deaths are people that are in assisted living or nursing homes. And then it's like, like 80% of the deaths are people over 60 or over 65. So it's, I mean, it's certainly tragic that we've lost as many people as we have. I don't buy oh, the numbers. Absolutely. I don't buy the numbers for a minute that we have actually lost 190,000 people due to COVID. I think probably like 150,000 of those people would be dead by now anyways, but oh, yeah. it's still sad. I mean, like I, oh, yeah. I, I absolutely I... feel for people and I absolutely sympathize with the amount of propaganda people have been put through. It's like, you can't, if you're going to, you know, scream at someone who's wearing a mask as they walk down the street, you're, you're really not, you're, you've lost all sympathy for human beings because it's yeah. like, how could you not realize what they've gone through and have some sympathy? Now, where I draw the line, though, is when that person with the mask sees me not wearing one and they they look at me and they say something about it. Then I'm like, OK, well, now you're a status and fuck you. But well, up, now up you're now you're inviting my opinion. If you're inviting right. my opinion, I'm going to tell you my opinion. Like, I'm not going to make fun of you for wearing one. But if I'm not wearing one and I'm still because it's so funny to me, this whole social distancing thing, I'm like. Ever since local grocery stores in my area have started requiring masks, people do not social distance. And not only do they not social distance because they think <laughs> the mask is like magic, yep. they get up in my space. I'm like, you're, I'm not even scared of COVID. You're just going to give me a cold or something. <laughs> like, just because you're wearing a mask doesn't mean you're invisible. I see you. You're in my face. I'm just trying to get milk out of the freezer or the, or the fridge at the grocery store. And this, these people are right behind me. That's, I'm telling you, that's a product of the deification of government, though, where it's like, it like Fau Fauci has become their Jesus and, and whatever he says is the gospel. So at what, what I point out to people that, that believe in Fauci to their core and like worship him like a god is that 
the, the son of a bitch told us in April that we didn't need mess and yes. that it was totally unnecessary. And I'm like, how, how are you taking this guy seriously? And then they go, well, you know, things changed or, or they say, oh, well, we, we needed to save them for first responders. I was like, so he lied to us so that, so that we could, you know, maintain the supply right. for first responders. So that, it's like that tells you they were willing to sacrifice if COVID was as deadly as they say, that means they prioritized yep. those lives over ours. 100%. And now, now you're going to listen to them when they say you should wear a mask. They were, they were willing to kill you. Yep. A hundred percent. And I, as far as I'm concerned, as soon as that occurred, I was like, you can't, you can't trust a word out of his mouth after this. Yep. And, and they had to have known that. But the truth is a huge swath of this country simply will believe whatever the latest government official says, regardless of their track record. They, they are like yep. goldfish. They have no memory whatsoever. They cannot, you know, it, I, fortunately, I have a, a record of this stuff that's all dated through my twi tweet timeline where it's like, hey, this is all the stuff I said. And then this is all the stuff that the government said. Who was right? Were, were they right or was I? And the answer is me. So, yeah. you know, maybe you should listen to me and not fucking Fauci moving forward. Well, I don't know. And his, his past is so shady too. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you couldn't pick a better dude to represent. And that almost, that's when I get conspiratorial. I'm like, these people are spitting in my fucking face. Yep. They think not only am I so stupid that I'm going to forget what this dude said three, four months ago. But also, the person it's coming from has such a dark, shady path with medical stuff. Yep. Like, and, and you think I'm just going to trust somebody like that just because you're like, he's the head of this department. Uh, okay. <laughs> what does that even mean? It's, it, that doesn't mean he's right. And then it, it drives me nuts because the same people will say, Trump will say something, and they'll be willing to fact check every little thing he says, even if it's clearly a joke. But you're like, hey, this Fauci guy said this, you know, four months ago, and now he's saying this. That's kind of weird, don't you think? And how dare you? He's an elected <laughs> official of such and such committee. You but science I'm like, denier. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, technically, isn't Trump in your crazy brain? He's higher up than that, right? Because he's the president. So wouldn't you think he would? Wouldn't you trust him more? But it, it's just that they can simultaneously think that Trump is incredibly stupid but also tell me that I, when their guy gets in, I just need to trust what he says. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's, it's exhausting. The system, if the system's flawed that someone supposedly so stupid as Trump could get in, why would I believe anything that these people say? Exactly. Well, not to mention that Trump appointed most of these assholes. So it's like, that. that's where I get upset that people still are like, well, Trump is the better option here. I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but you can't definitively say that because he is still responsible for John Bolton being his secretary of defense and he's responsible well, for Fauci. And he's like, it, yes, he does can a lot of these people that we hate, but he also put a bunch of assholes in these positions of power that dictated our lives for an extended period of time. And it's like, I'm not going to let him off the hook. I'm not saying that he's not better than Biden. I think he is, but just please don't talk to me. Like, like he's, he's knocked it out of the park on this whole thing. Like he's definitely uh, had his, his share of blame in my I also, perspective. I also think I don't know if this is true. I've heard this. Um, this is kind of conspiratorial about the whole thing as well. But I heard that Trump is a huge germaphobe. Yep, I've heard that as well. So it's just a little weird to me that someone who clearly has a domineering personality and doesn't seem to take shit from anyone, and he just doesn't care. He'll tweet about anybody, talk crap about anybody. 
and then a pandemic happens and suddenly you saw him kind of go, okay, well, maybe I don't know what I'm doing on this. Maybe I should listen <laughs> yeah. to these people, appoint these people that now we know had no idea what they were doing either. And I'm like, it's weird that you would think the one tragedy that could really get to him probably mentally happens right before 2020. That's, that's it's interesting. very weird. I'm not saying they made it up to, you know, cause oh my goodness, my, my husband's parents have been asking uh, about the, we, we found out they were like edging towards Q stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, no, don't get into that stuff. And they were, you know, the whole people, there are people that unironically, they don't, but there are people that unironically believe this entire thing is fake. The whole, it's oh, not yeah. even a real disease. Yeah, and they no. just made it up to get Trump out of all. I'm like, okay, people, let's simmer down a little bit. You've been in your house for six months. I understand. <laughs> I, I'm getting that way too, but take your tinfoil hat off. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And well, I think it backfired on them though. How, how so? I, as far as if that was a secret plan to get Trump out, oh. I think it's backfired. Yeah, I think so too. Because I, I think people instead are like, this is stupid. Even moderate people I've heard be like, okay, well, I don't like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So, I mean, either I'm not voting or I guess I'll vote for Trump because I don't, at least he's anti-lockdown. It, it he really need to be locked in my house. So it, it, it really is astonishing that given the, you know, macro environment or the societal environment that we're dealing with, with these police shootings and the fact that there's riots in the street, Black Lives Matter is like the biggest thing. And they, they appoint Joe Biden, who's responsible for almost all of the litigation that these they people hate, cops. and then a cop. You know, it's like <laughs> I just the the combination of the two. It's like it couldn't. If they were Republicans, they'd be considered non-starters. They Evil. would be the, the worst ticket in history. Yes. If if Kamala Harris was a white man and Joe Biden was a Republican, this is a non-starter in this environment. Oh, and yet, absolutely. And yet they still are like a coin flip chance of winning. It's it's horrifying to me. I mean that. Uh, that appointment of Kamala Harris as VP, because already I'm like, I can't believe they're even running just Joe Biden by himself in the current political environment when everybody, all anybody's talking about is racism and, and criminal justice reform. <laughs> and you're gonna, Joe Biden, the dude who <laughs> told people at a rally that, that they were gonna put people back in chains, that's who you're gonna, uh, <laughs> that's who you're gonna appoint for your presidential candidate. And he can't even remember his own name. <laughs> and then Kamala, Kamala, the cop Paris, like that's who you're going with. And, and I, I didn't literally even... laughed about putting single moms in jail <laughs> for truancy. For I was sake. like, I, when they appointed her, I looked at my husband and I was like, you remember that movie, the Truman show they made yeah. us watch in high school. And we're in it. And I was like, I think we're living in it. Someone <laughs> is playing a terrible joke on us. It, that it really this does. has to be it. It There's feels... too much. It's it's just funny. At a certain point, maybe it's because we've been locked in our houses for so long. You just have to laugh at this. I it's, know. It, it it's just ridiculous. At least a few days of the week, I, I exclusively shit post just so I can get out of my uh, my dire perspective on everything. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, if it weren't our lives, it would be hysterical. Like it it's it's almost. If this was a reality show, and I was watching it. It'd be funny. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But unfortunately, we're living exactly. it. So it's also painful. Uh, but yeah, if I can step out of it, you know, sometimes it is really funny. And the funny thing is, I just listed all the reasons that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were non-starters politically in this environment. And I didn't even mention the fact that Joe Biden's brain is broken. And it's like, we, right. <laughs> that should be disqualifying enough. And then you have 
his entire track record, not to mention the VP who is an atrocity. It's like, I just- And no one likes her. It's not even just that she's a cop. She is so, she is- Despicable. She's Hillary. (laughs) She's just Hillary 2.0 with worse hair. At least Hillary's hair is kind of (laughs) nice. I did, I saw a live stream of Hillary like a few weeks ago and her hair just, it's really not looking good. She's looking a little rough. Well, Got to get the adrenochrome chrome back in there. Um, oh my god! <laughs> since Epstein uh, got taken down, she lost her supply. <laughs> oh no, her supplier. Well, yeah, because you know he's totally dead, right? Yeah, yeah he he definitely didn't kill himself. But yeah. Um, yeah, I I mean, Kamala is it to me? Ooh, it's just her, just her laugh. It's like a cackle. Oh, it's rough. I mean, and who? <laughs> And, and, like, and, and Hillary had a had a rough laugh. Yes. But, but to me, what's so offensive, and, and I know, you know, it's it's kind of the white savior uh, ideology that would say something like this. So forgive me. However, <laughs> I feel really bad for the black community. Like it's so I would be so insulted if I was a black person who was like really trying to vote out, uh, you know, police brutality, which is it's a fruitless uh, endeavor so uh, they're yeah they're mistaken at the jump however it's so insulting that they would put fucking joe biden who wrote all the laws that put all their fathers in prison and then they will put the vp for this guy who's going to be dead within six months uh, is a cop and it's like it's j- just because she's black or, or looks black she's not even like ados so right i've been seeing people say she's not black and i'm just like i mean okay but like if she was somebody that you liked you would definitely call her black but whatever well, it, it's true, but she, her, her, uh, her isn't she? Fa- I think it's Indian, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, her father's she? Indian, and her mother's from like one of the island areas. So, like, she's not a, an American descendant of slavery. So you know, she, she can, but it's it's kind of convenient politically because she can use that to appeal both to the Indian population, which is not huge here, but then also obviously the black community. But it's like I. I just don't see how they can possibly get the black community to get behind a ticket like this, but they're, they're doing it. So we'll see. We'll I don't see know. What, Are they doing it? Well, they're trying. I mean, I, I, they're I'm not trying, sure but I, I don't know. Trump, from what I've seen, Trump, I mean, I know polls don't mean anything, but Trump's been pulling really well with the black community. And I'm like, uh, guys, I know. And, and honestly, <laughs> like that's the one thing that they were, well, I can't even say it because like you said, their nominations don't make sense. If they're trying to pander to the black community at all. I know, it, but that's why I'm saying it feels to me like they're taking them completely for granted that the black people will vote Democrat. We don't have to do anything for them other than right. the ident- identity politics. It. Yeah, they're just, they're going to do it because we've told them for four or five, six years now that Trump is, you know, the racist Satan himself. So yeah. uh, you're going to vote for us. So we don't have to do that for you. And, and it's, to some extent, it's working just in the uh, professional sports. I'm a huge sports fan, unfortunately, because I've me had too. to <laughs> suffer, suffer through, you know, watching a bunch of Marxist propaganda get written on the you know floors of all the sports I, I love so much. But the athletes themselves come out constantly saying, this is vote like your life depends on it. It's like, look, motherfucker, who is your choice? Like, I obviously you're saying the the only option is to vote for Biden and Kamala Harris. Do you honestly think that the cops are going to stop killing you after that? Like, if you do, you're delusional. I mean, there was plenty of police killings under Obama. That was your savior. Now you're going to you're going to use his you know, left-hand crippled man and, and a cop <laughs> to replace him. I, I just, it's, there's just, it's delusional. There's, something, there's also just something, because I, the only sport I watch is NFL. Okay. But um, they had vote, oh, that, see, I was fine. I was is that, expecting. Is that why we had to start later? Because you had to I finish was, the game? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I forgive it. That's fine. No, my game was Thursday because I'm a Chiefs fan, but my husband's uh, a Packers fan, and oh, the game the nice. game might have been at noon. Nice for you. You get so. to get to root for the best best athlete I may have ever seen in football. Oh, are you an Aaron Rodgers fan? No, no, no. I'm saying Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes. Yeah. Like that dude's um, that dude's a prodigy. I he still does things, and I'm like, what? I have to rewind my television. I've honestly, I've never seen anything like it. He is the I best. don't understand. Yeah, and I, I'm like, player. I don't deserve this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> clear, something tragic is going to happen because I don't deserve this. But uh, <laughs> oh, Trust me, it already happened. You got locked in your house for six months. <laughs> right. Oh, true. Maybe this is just, this is what happens. But you know, I was, I was talking when all this started um, and I was, I was saying, you know, you made fun of me because this is the first Super Bowl the Chiefs have won while I'm alive but it may be the last Super Bowl ever. And oh, that, sure. that would be something. <laughs> like, because he's always says, oh, well, the Packers have way more, you know, bowls than you do because of all everything that happened and, right. and before the Super Bowl era. And I'm yeah, like, like in the okay. 60s. I'm like, okay, sit down. You weren't alive. But <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? I'm like, if you weren't alive, it doesn't count as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> I, I do the same thing with the Lakers, though. I even count oh. the, the <laughs> Minneapolis championship they won. So it's, it's just what we do. But I, I was pretty fine. I was expecting the social justice stuff because, you know, my fans were the, one, were the ones that booed that everyone's getting so angry about. I loved it. I, my dad, we had to go to my parents. We don't have cable. So we just go there for Chiefs games. Sure. But. Uh, were your parents put off by it? No, my dad was laughing. He thought it was very right. funny. Awesome. Because um, my, you know, my, like my parents are political, but my parents are a good example of why those people are billing. None of those people are Trump supporters. None of those people are political. They just want to watch fucking football. Yeah. They're just sick of the grandstanding. I, I, and I, I totally. My husband, my husband brought up a really good point today. We were talking about it. Because everyone, all these sports commentators are just acting shocked that people booed. And I go, you know, the average white person is not raised to be racist, first of all. You are told from the moment you're a kid, treat everyone the same. Uh, just generic phrases every parent says to their kid. Absolutely. And then you grow up in this era and you're told that you're, you know, you have privilege and all that. And you do your best. Most normal people. I'm not saying it's right, but they will do their best to bend over backwards to make people comfortable. And then you go to a football game and they do this. Yep. You're going to boo because yep. in your mind, as a non really political normie person, you're not racist. You're doing everything you can. You support equality and all this. And yep. then they do this as if you don't and right. telling you, you need to educate yourself. And you're like, I'm educated. Some of those people are probably going to vote for Biden. For, oh, for sure. Of course. Um, but, you know, so that's why they booed. It's not because, well, and I was also told my husband, I go, isn't it funny? They always name this shit like for equality and the unity. I, I was laughing so hard. I took a picture and I tweeted out because the Houston Texans and the Chiefs lined up and they were just trying to make one straight line. But at first they were across from each other. And I go, are they about to play Red Rover? <laughs> Like, oh my God, they're going to take Patrick Mahomes. We're not going to win this game if they, if they red rover him over there. That's, we, that's, just can't, we can't let this happen. That's when the Kenzie Puff uh, boogaloo really starts is when they take <laughs> Mahomes from you. This is not, this is the last <laughs> straw. I can't stand for this. But they called it a moment of unity. 
So of course, if you boo at that, people are going to go, well, what's your problem with unity? Blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, like, oh. it's, it's the brilliant marketing that they've done with the whole Black Lives Matter campaign. It's like, it really if, you're, if you're opposed to that, you're immediately racist when it's just like. Do you think black lives don't matter? Well, yeah. Oh my God. And, and even if you were to counter with a, a, a more broadly altruistic statement, like all lives matter, you were immediately shunned and, and discarded oh, as that's as even worse. That's I know worse. it's unbelievable, yeah. but the uh, yeah, I mean, the, the and then they tell me to vote, and you know who they're telling you to. That's what bugs me. Oh, you it pisses know. me off. I'm like, why don't you just put vote Biden up there, you pussies? I know. Like, come on, I, you and I both know who you're telling me to vote for, and as an ANCAP, obviously, I'm like, no, fuck, you. I'm not even voting. Why? Yeah. What? Stop it! I yeah. no, I will not vote. Like, I, I, I get that. No, I, you can't tell me what to do. I'm offended on two levels. I'm offended on the level of them telling me to vote, which I don't like being told what to do. And then secondarily, <laughs> uh, on treating me like a fool when they're not just specifically saying what they mean. Brandon Marshall was on Inside the NFL earlier this week, and he was saying repeatedly, he's like, he's like we've got to vote like our lives dependent on it. And, uh, you know, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but we, we screwed up in 2016. We got to fix it in oh. 2020. It's like, look, motherfucker, you, you just said telling, it. You just, like, just said it. it. Come on, man. And that's what bugs me. They act like they're being so ultra. And this is where I was going with all this. It is hilarious to me that a bunch of millionaires, literal millionaires and billionaires, as yep. Bernie Sanders is always talking about, <laughs> standing on a field, standing on a basketball a court, standing on a baseball field, telling me who is sitting in my house or anyone sitting in their house potentially hasn't been able to work for months is just like, man, I just want to watch a sports game, get away for a little bit, that I'm privileged, and then pushing stuff we've been seeing all over the news and social media into our faces. It's brilliant. While you are making millions of dollars to preach yeah. to me about how I need to do better. And they're not missing any checks. I mean, they're getting their full and, pay. Oh, LeBron specifically is making me so mad. I'm not even an NBA fan, but just the whole thing with China and him, oh. and then for him to come out during this and say the things that he has been saying has been driving me insane. And, he you know, actively he actively ran cover for China when oh, uh, the general manager, or I think it was the GM of the Rockets. They have people in camps in China. I know. They literally have people in camps. Modern day slavery. Come on. And I, I it just drives me nuts. And I'm not even one of those people that says, <laughs> shut up and dribble or anything like that. No, you know? no, I, I'm fine I with it. I don't care. Like, keep your mind. If in there, you know, even with the Kaepernick thing, I was like, who cares? Like, if they honestly, if they want to just kneel during the national, I was fine with that. Yeah. I should have known it was a slippery slope, apparently. Right. But I would back then, I was like, because I was still kind of not as, I probably wasn't as right wing then. And I was like, guys, what's the big deal? Like, you just, just let him kneel. Who cares? I know what you, you view it as disrespectful. I, to some extent, I get why, but whatever. He's mm -hmm. not. He's not, you know, getting up there, literally speaking to you, calling you evil. He's just doing what he thinks is activism. Who cares? Yes. We had to wait till 2020 for them to specifically call us evil. Yeah. And now this. And I'm just like, you know what? I, and it's all signaling. And the one thing that I did think was good, I talked about this on my live stream this week. I did think, and one thing I didn't mind that they did was they did show footage of players in their communities like yeah. talking to cops i thought that was great if you want to if you want to put that on as like 
a moment of unity during commercial breaks or during halftime, just showing players, like giving things to their communities, talking to cops in their communities. I think that's great. What a, that's a moment of unity. I mean, yeah. and it's actual it, action. Well, that's the thing. If you're not just saying things, you're showing that you you're putting your I'm, well, first of all, I'm like, put your money where your mouth is. Right. I don't want I don't know what you people want me to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but well, what, what drives me crazy is they, they are constantly talk about how it's bringing awareness to the movement. It's like, bro, oh, I, couldn't have, any more, I couldn't have more awareness <laughs> if I tried. Like, I, I can't, I literally can't not get more aware day after day after day. So everyone's aware. If awareness was all that was necessary to stop cops from killing black people, it would have happened a long time ago. We're fucking aware, bro. So please stop lecturing to me. Please stop making me feel culpable when I have been calling for police reform and decriminalization and legalization of all drugs and, you know, everything else that would have solved all of this decades ago. I've been on that forefront. Well, you didn't say a word about it. So I, to be lectured to when I'm, when I'm one of the few people that was actually politically active early on, long before the BLM movement and long before anyone realized that the prohibition was actually creating much of the, much of these issues. It's just so, it's so deeply offensive to someone like me. Yes. And then there's, there's other people out there that obviously, you know, were totally unaware that cops were assholes sometimes. And like, you know, God bless their hearts. They, they've never had a bad <laughs> interaction with a cop. I've had almost nothing but bad interactions and I'm a fucking white dude from the suburbs. So I, it's, it's bizarre to me that they've, they've so successfully labeled police brutality as a racism issue as opposed yeah. to a state versus the people issue. And as long as it goes down this path, I don't see any chance that we actually get the solutions that are necessary. We're just going to get more and more and more signaling and no action. And that's well, what most and what is especially uh, terrible is not only is, is, are things not going to change. I'm just like, you think police brutality is bad now? Oh my Trump, God. All of Trump's ads. And this is so predictable. It's like you, I'm not one of those people who likes to tell people how to do activism, how to protest. Cause I understand not everybody can do the same thing. Not everybody can give money. Not everybody can go out and march or whatever, whatever. Right. But you're giving, if Republicans are so evil and if Trump is so evil and if cops, all of them are so evil, what do you think is going to happen when you're burning down cities? Right. Who are people going to, who are you going to call? Cops. Like, literally, that's it. Like, because yep. that's already where people's mind, they're not thinking they can take actions into their own hands. They're thinking, oh my God, like, we need more government. I'm not safe enough. We need, like, we need more cops. Like, more people need to go on the police force. We need, we call in the National Guard, call in the, call in the federal troops, call in anybody that you want. I need to be protected. You're giving them what they want. And Trump, Trump just ran an ad this week uh, of like Joe, a clip of Joe Biden saying peaceful protest, the riots. And then at the end, it just said, vote, a vote for Trump is a vote for law and order. Right. Hello. That's what, that's what you're doing. You're, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to, this is not going to go how you think it will. Yeah. <laughs> just just and, and put it like that. And then people tweet things like, where are all the libertarians right now? The libertarians are awful silent right now. And I'm just like, okay, now you're just, first of all, that's bait because I know that you know, because <laughs> libertarians get made fun of all the time, especially for our views on like cops. And we were too hard on cops from conservatives point of view right. a lot of the times. And then from the left, it's like, oh, well, you guys just hate poor people and all this. Yep. I'm like, I know that you know the libertarian position on decriminalizing things 
So don't sit there and act like libertarians haven't been talking about this since before Ron Paul ever ran for president. Like yep. this is this is a this is the quintessential libertarian position, pretty much. I know it what, what drives me most crazy is we have had, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, we had the answers before they were hashtags. We knew yes! all we knew all of the solutions to what ails the black community and just poor people in the hood in general, regardless of uh, you know race or creed or anything. It's like we had all of these answers prior. So if you're going to tell us that we were being eerily quiet, well, first off, we're not. We're still talking all the time. We never shut up. That's what we do. We're libertarians. We just we're constantly fucking disgruntled and talking. But if you're going to pretend like we've been quiet, please point out your point out your track record in 2006 or four or two or whatever. Like you, well, you're Sally come lately, and you're going to lecture to us. It's ridiculous. I've also I've also hated from a libertarian perspective watching other libertarians go, oh you're so right, oh we're so sorry, hashtag Black Lives Matter, oh, those people hashtag crazy. and then and then Cato, oh, this oh was, the worst. This was funny. This was actually I'm sorry I laughed. I'm not even sorry that I laughed <laughs> when they got like their window broken through. Oh, yeah. And and they had just like tweeted something out the day yeah. before about like yeah. how important criminal justice reform. It's just like those signs that you see before the riots when someone puts up, this is a black owned business or this is a right. support Biden or whatever. And they don't care. No, they don't give a shit. Like it, it, that's not even what ha most of this is about, because I think that is something, you know, I, I think a lot of the riots that are going on is just people being opportunistic to be destructive. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and it's also a Marxist ideology. It's not racially yes. based primarily. They, they yeah, use race to divide us, but it's not actually the motivation of the people that are burning shit down. It's an economic, you know, divide. They're just pawns. They're the yeah. people that are useful idiots that will get put up against the wall first if the people that they want in power ever get in power, essentially. Yep. Which is why it's so sad, because you're like, you are doing the dirty work of people that don't care if you live or die. Exactly. And, and, and just because they want me dead. I'm like, well, guess what? They're going to want you dead too. They're just, you, you're useful right now. Exactly. And, and, so, worse, and worse yet, they've actually been culpable in your past deaths. If you're yes. so concerned about your community, it's like, how are you not going to hold Joe Biden accountable for the laws that he proudly, proudly wrote to yeah. imprison your fathers that broke the black community? I, it's so deeply offensive to black people and on their behalf, I weep. It's like, I cannot believe that they would put up Joe Biden as the counterbalance to the, the benign evil that is uh, Donald Trump. It makes no sense. But, but uh, on a certain <laughs> level, I'm just like, you know what? I've seen enough like vote blue, no matter who hashtags. And I'm just like, I don't really feel sorry for you people anymore. I, I know, I know. It, like well, there was a point where I would I would feel bad for people. Obviously not everybody's on social media and it's, it's honestly not a really good representation because- no. The craziest people get to the top. Exactly. Most that, that's, what, guess, that's why we're guess skyrocketing. Who's the, guess who's the king of Twitter? Donald Trump. So uh, <laughs> what does that tell you? I do think it's funny, though, because I, I, I legitimately think, and this is such like a normie talking point, but I do think it, if, if Donald Trump had ran Democrat and won and was tweeting the things that he's tweeting about Republicans, like, loser Republican brand Paul, you know, they would be going, yes, King. Like, oh, yes, that's an interesting, I've so never much. thought about that. That's a good but point. Because he ran as a Republican, even though I don't even like I, Republican and Democrat, they're, they're, I mean, they're all egalitarian. So they're all the same to me. They're all useless. But yep. uh, I just know that if he was a Democrat, and even when he was a Democrat, because he was a Democrat, <laughs> 
they loved him. He yep. rubbed shoulders with all those people. And it's crazy to me that even Donald Trump being president, some someone who rubbed shoulders with Hillary and Bill Clinton and all these Democrats for decades being president, and suddenly they're like, this guy's evil. Yeah. I'm like, does your brain not kind of question for a second? Well, then why did you hang out with him for so many decades? Why did you take or, his money? <laughs> or or take his money or Forever. go thing with him or yeah. go to his hotels like no, or go to his events or invite him to your kids' weddings? I know. It's 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 unbelievably incestual and and yet they still have successfully painted painted him not only as the enemy but as an outsider when in reality he he had his hands in the political machinery for quite a, quite a while. Well, yeah, even even Republicans. Oh, he's outside the political system. I go, well, in a way, but is he really? Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably the most outsider we've had in my lifetime, but I still wouldn't consider him an outsider. Ron Paul would have been an outsider, and he was a congressman, yes. but in, in terms of ideology, that's that's yeah. the real outsiderness, you know. And and Trump, while he has a few good ideas. He's certainly not an outsider when it comes to Federal Reserve policy. He loves deficits and debt and borrowing and like. Well, and, and what is he? Another funny thing about the outrage about him, and I go, okay, yeah, obviously I don't agree with a lot of his policies, but what is he saying that is really different than what Republicans and some Democrats, depending on which decade you look at, right. have been saying for years? If Joe Biden, if Joe Biden would have or obama would have got up there well he first of all he did you know make a lot of arrests of illegal immigrants but whatever let's not talk about that <laughs> um if obama would have proposed a wall to keep the country safe they would be cheering it yep they're, they're it's just so it's so and like you said this this all goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of partisanship and it's literally just he's on my team therefore he's good and they just the thing that bugs me is because I get defensive voting. I'm not one of those anarcho-capitalists. I used to be when I first got into it because you just like get into a really hardcore without researching anything. Right. And then once you read things, you're like, okay, no, I understand this perspective. I get defensive voting locally. Like if you want to vote so that your taxes don't go up, understandable. Now I know there's some probably people that would argue, well, that's against the NEP to vote and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And all that stuff. I'm like, okay, but you can't blame people for at least where they think or where they can, because I mean, like the city that my husband's parents live in is very small. Like their votes could quite literally matter. Yeah. Well, and I also don't understand the argument saying that a vote against further aggression by the state is somehow a violation of the NAP. It's like, I'm not voting. If I was voting for the, the government to tax my neighbor, yes, that would be a violation of the it's NAP. It's like, if, but if it's against it, then yeah. how I'm, what? Yeah. So. Which, which is the only way I've ever voted. So I have no, I have no regrets or, uh, you know, I, I'm not taking back any of my votes. First off, I've never voted for anybody that won. I voted for Ron Paul as many times as I could. I'll write his fucking name in until I die. As far as I'm concerned, I love the guy. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and then everything else I ever voted for was against, you know, increasing taxation and against, uh, the growth of the state. So it's like, if you don't want to vote, that's fine, but please don't exactly. lecture me if I'm voting that direction. You know, le exactly, lecture the people yeah. that are growing the state, not not the people that are tr at least trying to put up protest votes. I, I did want to ask you briefly about the uh, the Libertarian Party. I, I know you're you're not a voting a voter. Briefly. Well, I know we could <laughs> we, we could do a marathon on it, but I don't know how yeah. how much time you got. Um, but I mean, obviously, I want 
the Libertarian Party to be the third party in this country, I, I, I'm sure you would agree there would be some benefit if they- I don't. Oh, you don't? Interesting. Okay. I don't agree. So, so you think that they're, they are a net, I mean, I think the LP as it stands today is a net negative, but you don't think that there's any hope for it? No. Okay. Please tell me why. Not at all. I, oh God, I'm going to have to admit that I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016, <laughs> which I've admitted before on streams. I said, roast me all you want. I know, <laughs> but it was right, right. Like when I, I didn't understand, like I probably from my perspective, wouldn't think voting is a good idea. And I got cut up in the, well, if we get 5%, then this and this and this will happen. And right. then, and I'm like, okay, sure. I'll vote for someone who, now that I look back, I really didn't agree with on a lot of things. Yeah. So I just was like, I did what Democrats and Republicans do. I was like, well, he has an L next to his name. So he's got to be cool, right? Which right. is stupid. Um, I, I just saw this Babylon B article that I haven't, I haven't reshared yet, but it was like, um, Libertarian Party encourage, uh, proves people can indeed vote for the lesser of three evils. I saw that one. That was great. Oh, that got me. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I, I kind of take, I'm very harsh on them, but I take the same approach with this as I kind of just said about voting. If people want to be involved and they think they can change it, that's fine. Sure. But I don't see it happening. And as far as I'm concerned, it's just Democrats 2.0. Um, yeah. And, well, and it is right the, now. And the way, well, and I also just don't think political. Political action works. My view is that political, I think political action perhaps could work, but with my views on democracy in conjunction with, I don't think anything will change until culture changes because that's the foundation of everything. I, I can preach to someone all day who might agree with me on 50% of issues we need to do this, this, and this. But if they don't have the cultural foundation to understand that or why it's important, they're always going to default to, but they're burning cities down. So I'm going to vote for Trump and law and order yep. or, but Donald Trump is literally Hitler. So I have to defensive vote and vote for Kamala and Biden, even though I know they're not good for criminal justice reform, even right. though that's supposedly what the Dems are all about. And they're always going to default to that because that's just, we just don't, we don't teach people to critically think. We don't teach people, first of all, that cultural is important at all. The left yeah. has understood that from the very beginning. That's why they own it. Yeah, that's why they dominate us. And that's why they hated Trump, because he was such a populist. It just didn't matter. Right. Um, because people were just scared and he wanted to, I mean, how, how are you going to disagree with, he did the same thing they did with the unity thing at the football game. How are you going to disagree with make America great again in principle? Right. Very like you're really going to stand there and say, no. Well, and they do, they'll, they'll tweet things like America was never great. And I'm like, <laughs> you look like an idiot. You're playing I'm into so his hands. I'm like, I get offended. And I'm not like even the most like gung ho God and country person, right. but you're making me mad. I'm like, what do you mean? America was never great. America's great. We're cool. What's wrong? Like, it's like that meme of uh, Americans when Europeans talk about us. And then it's like the American bursting through the wall. Like, what did you just say? Freedom. Like, that's me. When I see people say that. No, nothing makes me more patriotic than when I hear a black lives matter rally in Oakland shouting death to America. And then I'm like, oh, right. oh and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like just yeah. on a visceral, just knee jerk reaction. You're like, Hold up. What yep. did you just say? 
Exactly. Well, <laughs> well with the LP, it, it's not that I, I believe that its current iteration could be successful. It's that I believe that if the Mises Caucus and, you know, the Dave Smiths, Tom Woods of the world uh, are, are capable of taking it over and redirecting it, I think that it could be a valuable uh, third party option. And I personally don't plan to vote for Joe Jorgensen because I believe that it would be a signal to the LP if they have even close to the amount of votes that Gary Johnson got, they will take that as vindication for their absolutely obscene SJW. Um, it's rewarding their behavior. Exactly. So I can't do that because I don't want to reward the, the trajectory of the LP. However, I'm not going to give up on it entirely. I just think that it's highly unlikely to be successful. <laughs> Well, and I still maintain it. I'm sure she would find this deeply, deeply offensive, but I just don't care that the only reason Joan Jorgensen even won the nomination is because it is the, uh, this year marks a century of women's suffrage. It's the vagina vote. It's literally, and they have a hashtag, <laughs> let her speak. I know. I'm like, how is this different than, what was the Hillary hashtag? I'm with her. I'm with her. I That's know. what, see my brain, I, I have PTSD from that. So my brain just didn't <laughs> let me remember. But I, and now I have PTSD from the let her speak stuff. I'm like, I know. okay. It's I so, it's so, so embarrassing. It's, it really is. Embarrassing is the best word. And I am continually embarrassed by the LP, not because I, well, when Gary Johnson was running for president, I traveled to one of the debates to like hold signs and stuff for Gary Johnson. And we had to, this is such a Red Bull moment. We had to, they had given us a, a mandated area. We could stand it on one of the football fields on the college where the debate was. And we had our signs. We had to go through security machines and have our bags checked to get onto the field where they told us we could peacefully hold our Gary Johnson signs. And I'm like, are you really making a bunch of libertarians essentially go through the TSA? To, to be able to voice our opinions about politics on your Unreal. college campus. like And it was a public campus. It's not like, oh, was it a private event? You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> but I just, so from the very beginning, uh, being associated with the LP has every time I tell someone I'm a libertarian, their default experience and i cannot even blame them at this point and sometimes i'll join it join in shitting on libertarians because sometimes we need to be shit on yep um their default experience and most people's default experience is maybe they didn't know that it was a libertarian party person but a lot of people that i've talked to if they've had a nasty experience with the libertarian it was an lp member right. myself included yep and that sucks. And obviously, like Dave Smith and Tom Woods have gotten involved with the party. There's the Mises Caucus who, well, they've cucked the mob a couple of times and I don't respect them for that. But they're trying at least to do something different. Yeah. So it's not that everyone involved is evil. That would be stupid. But it's, it's a net negative right now. I agree. And at this point, the reason I don't think it could ever be good is because I think at this point, the damage has been done. I don't think there will ever be a time where you will say, I'm going to vote for the Libertarian Party and someone won't laugh at you for various reasons. I really don't. Well, and, and honestly, that's as an individualist and as someone who's been an outsider my entire life. But by, by the way, I've been a Libertarian, you know, basically since birth. I'm second generation. My dad was one. So I'm one of the rare people that, you know, 
came to this a long time ago. So I'm very accustomed to being the black sheep. I'm accustomed oh, yeah. to having no one understanding what the fuck I'm talking about. So it doesn't bother <laughs> me when I tell people that I'm a libertarian and they go, what the fuck's that? Or, I mean, right. now they know what it is, but usually they know the wrong thing about it. You know, right. like, um, so I'm used to that. But uh, my biggest concern with the, the current trajectory of the LP is that if, if we're going to attempt to become the most viable third party option, and yet we're just going to, try and implement all of the SJW signaling nonsense that the Democrats are doing. I don't see how that differentiates us. I, I also see it absolutely ripping every ounce of principle out of the movement itself. And that's what disturbs me most is like these libertarians don't value individualism like that. That is the core of libertarianism is to not care about what people look like and to value, uh, you know, keeping the state from, crushing the the smallest minority on earth which is the individual and it's like they they don't have that principle they're they are principleless libertarians they are more interested in sounding woke and sounding good than they are in doing good and i have no sympathy for those people and as of now the lp itself the entity is dominated by those people what's odd to me is that i believe that the liberty community is still largely the ron paul light type people and yeah, I just don't know how they so so successfully took it over, but other than the fact that, you know, all of us kind of refuse to get involved, so it only ends up being like the most uh, I don't know docile beta cuck assholes that end up in that position. But it it certainly has worked so far. The Nick Sarwaks and his ilk have have successfully ruined the libertarian movement, whether they're CIA operatives or they're just idiots. I don't know, uh, but. It, if, if we have any hope of a third party option in this country, it's going to be under, you know, kind of the uh, Rothbardian takeover. So I, I hope I hope it happens. But I agree with you. It's it's unlikely. <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah, I, there's well, I have a project I've been working on for a few months now that no one no one really knows about outside of a group chat that you're going to really enjoy if you're if you're worried and, and you want to showcase how crazy and deep the LP beta cuck side of things. <laughs> oh, like, please, now I really so want to know what it is. It's, it's, I, I may tell you off camera. <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate it. But um, it's, it, I like, I didn't, and the past, I've always not liked the LP, but I've never openly told people, well, and I still don't really openly, I don't tell people not to vote for them. I say, I'm not supporting them, here's why. Yeah, that's what I do too. If that persuades you, cool. If it doesn't, Fine, whatever. I'm, yep, I'm, I'm exactly. probably gonna lose a little bit of respect for you, but and that may be, you know, I might be shaming you a little bit, but maybe you deserve it. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I not gonna outright tell someone, don't vote for them. That's stupid. Blah 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 blah. Just like I wouldn't do that for libertarians who vote for Trump. But the difference is, people in the LP will tell you you're stupid for voting for Trump and evil for voting for Trump. Right. They won't even try. And this is why I call them the Democrats 2.0. They won't even try to view where people are coming from voting Republican instead of voting for the LP. Yep. And it's like, well, if you stop telling them they were evil bigots, maybe they would vote for you. Just a thought. That's why they're not voting Democrat for the most part. So right. maybe you shouldn't do that either. I just... Well, to, to, tie it, to tie it back to my, my prior point, the reason I'm not going to vote for Joe is the same reason that I said I, I was sympathetic to the Black community being having their, their vote taken for granted. I feel that the LP has taken the Rothbardian, Ron Paulian um, wing, which in my opinion is probably 80% of actual principled libertarians. They have taken them so for granted that they're just like, yeah, we're going to signal SJW bullshit and we're going to hashtag Black Lives Matter and we don't care 
what you say. In, in fact, leave the party. We don't fucking need you. And if you want to, if you're going to vote, we know you're still going to vote for us anyway. So fuck off. We don't, we don't have to do anything that you say. Well, if that's the case, we've already, we're not even a real party. We have no power whatsoever. And we've already given up our principles just to, you know, get an extra percent of the vote. It's, it's so, uh, I don't know. It's like suicidal for the, for the cause to, to, to support the current iteration of the LP would be so counterproductive. So I, well, I agree. I'm not telling anybody not to vote for them. I just hope you really think about the, the message that it sends if Jorgensen with this awful, uh, you know, campaign gets five or six percent of the vote, which she's not going to, but if she were to, oh, yeah. how, how detrimental that would be to the, to the movement. Yeah, long term. I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening at all, but like Thank you said, if it, if it does, that's exactly what I would say. I agree. But yeah. I, I told people, people are genuinely confused. They're like, why don't you vote for the LP? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, first of all, and caps in my bio, I have a, so many tweets telling you people why I'm not going to vote LP and why I don't support them. Right. But I, I said on a stream, why would I vote for a party that has people in it that do nothing but attack every single individual on this planet earth who brought me to libertarianism right. because it's not just the sjw stuff for me no it's not they constantly shit on ron paul they were attacking eric july dave smith tom woods like you are attacking everyone who has been influential to me personally yeah. about liberty so why would i then go yeah those people brought me to this, but I'm going to abandon them to vote for you because you're right. my team. I'm and, not going to do that. And then, and then also the LP is willing to discard its actual principles, the non-aggression principle when it comes to Rand Paul and laugh with the, oh, you know, the blue check mark, uh, LP, so LP, you know, Twitter account is actually making, you know, cracking jokes about Rand Paul being attacked with his wife or not attacked, but, you know, surrounded, mobbed and, and threatened. It's like, it's so counter to our principles and and yet he's the son of the like the literal god of libertarianism like the guy who <laughs> who brought the message to everybody better than anybody has ever done it ever and they're going to just shit on his son because yeah he's got an r in front of his name are we that partisanship that we can't see past the labels and realize that rand has done a lot of good things i mean he may be the best senator of all time and we're just going to discard him because he's got an r in front of his name or because well, i don't know i don't know why i mean because he, he runs cover for trump sometimes it's just it's bizarre it's to me. the same thing that i said about with some leftists being useful idiots i mean these libertarians honestly think i, I think dave smith made a made this point on a podcast episode recently but they honestly think like people in the lp Think of it, if they just pander to these people, let's say, you know, locally a bunch of LP people, LP people do start to get elected and then eventually maybe we have a couple, you know, LP senators. Okay, great. Then you get in and you think the Democrats are going to go, welcome brothers, Yeah, right. sit at our table. No, no. they're not going to do that because you don't, well, supposedly you don't agree with them on most issues yeah and for the record so, you shouldn't want to sit at the table with them they're no. the fucking enemy <laughs> exactly especially when it goes to to growing government power and i just it, it's always and this is why i think i i've joked with a group chat that i'm in that i'm gonna make a coming out video but i'm just gonna come out as right wing because <laughs> i've always been hesitant to call myself that i've always been like i'm just libertarian but it's to the point where i'm like 
you know, fuck you people. No, I am right wing. And if sure, you think that's bad, fine. I don't care. But at least I'm not going to get put up against a wall without fighting first. You right. are right. because you didn't stand up for yourself. So yeah. whatever. Historically, they're, they're the first person to go. So good luck. Exactly. With so fine. If I'm the second person to go, I did my job. And so the first person, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, this is why the LP has always rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. And not not even just people that are associated with the LP, just some people just within the libertarian movement, quote unquote. It's everything's fine when you say taxation is theft, even like abolish the government, even minarchists, they're like, haha, all in good fun memes, right? <laughs> but the moment I'm like, okay, guys, but seriously, we should like talk about how the, the nuclear family is kind of important to to build values and like we really should talk about I know we're individuals but like we have to understand the family is important too and clearly in some communities that's you see what happens when that completely breaks down or right. is well on its way to completely breaking down and it just that's a dog whistle you're all right blah 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 and I'm like or me just last year getting married being like yeah, I'm getting married in a church. I'm really excited. Yeah. Oh, I'm Lutheran Christian, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. Like I'm going to homeschool my kids. And you know, when I have kids, I'm going to stay home with my kids. That's a dog whistle from libertarians. This That's... is, this is supposedly not leftist. This is me being an anarcho-capitalist. They know I say I want to abolish the state, get yeah. rid of it, gone. But because of those more quote unquote conservative, whatever, I hate calling myself traditional because that means something vastly different on the internet than in practical human world. But uh, one conservatism, you could say the same for that. Sure. But I think people would consider those more right wing things. And so the fact that libertarians and over the past couple of years, this is what radicalized me watching libertarians attack me for that stuff or like libertarian people call me a pick me. I'm like, whoa, that sounds feminist guys. What? I thought I would be cool. Libertarian feminism being a fucking thing. I'm like, what, what, yeah. what are you people, what are you doing? And so well, and then it, it coincided with me getting into Rothbard and reading his egalitarianism as a revolt, you know, against primogeniture and stuff like that. That yeah. was when it hit me. It wasn't that I was centrist, libertarian, or just libertarian, and didn't want to call myself, you know, different wing, same bird, that kind of stuff. Right. It's that I didn't realize there is a foundational difference between left wing people and right wing people. Yeah, there and is. It's, you know, you can't deny that. And no, watching libertarians ally with people who just because I'm like, yeah, I want to stay home, they want me dead unironically like these are things that have been said to me it's not even hyperbole at this point right um from other libertarians and you're gonna sit here and tell me that right-wing people are just as dangerous to me personally as left-wing people you are yeah. unironically gonna tell me that yeah that's no, crazy I'm at this sorry. point it's crazy there well and i i was doxxed before any of this antifa riot thing stuff happened oh, wow. in, in 2016 wow didn't so from by any, someone that was a member of Antifa from a different state because I made YouTube vlog videos rolling around free speech balls on college campuses for Yale. That's oh why I was doxxed. So I'm far more radical now, surprised, than when I was then. Yeah. So 
honestly, if that would happen to me now, I'd be like, okay, it's disgusting, but at least I get it. You've been told specifically this is radical. That was when I was like a little baby libertarian. Yeah. And it was at that point I realized it doesn't matter. You can't pander to these people because you give an inch, they take a mile. That's just how it goes. And that's how government grows too. It's the same thing. And truth be told, you're not actually converting these people by speaking in their language. No. It's like, it's like just saying Black Lives Matter, they're going to go, oh, well, thank you. We're going to vote for Biden. Like it does, They're not right. going to vote for you, Joe. It doesn't matter. So I don't understand the, the game plan whatsoever. Speak to them with your principles. If that converts them, like the, the, real, the real differentiator between the LP and the DNC would be to say, hey, we had all of these ideas before they were just like popular and before you were demanding them and, and, and burning shit down in the streets. We were, we were arguing in favor of decriminalization and da 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 Lay it all out there. And if that, if that converts them because you can say to them, hey, look at our track record versus the Democrats. Look at what Joe Biden did. Now, you can believe he's a changed man or you can believe that we're consistent in our principles and we mean what we're saying right now and then you can decide who to vote for. That's a, a much more compelling argument and they have refused to make it. It's so confusing to me. It's like you have to change these people's minds. You can't just like say Black Lives Matter and hope that, oh, well, you know, they're cool. That's a chick. I'll vote for her. It's fucking Well, it's and pathetic. a lot of people are under the impression still they have to remember that voting for third party is a wasted vote anyway. Yeah, so right. you that means the argument you present has to be so compelling that yeah. someone's going to go, you know what, this is the this is just the right thing to do. And that's I a, believe that's in a this. great point. Yeah. And I think they are going to make a change. And if you're not, that's why Ron Paul got as much traction as he did. I mean, he had teenagers out there saying, end the Federal Reserve. Who does that? I know. In incredible. Who can who can do that? I And I was someone, when I came into the Liberty Movement, I didn't even know who Ron Paul was. That's how far gone I was, clearly. Wow. But um, then I find out about that. And then I, I, as someone who wasn't even wrapped up in that or politically in tune when that all was going on, mm -hmm. and seeing people then attack that guy, I'm like, first of all, I've met him. He's just this kind, sweet old man. Like, <laughs> stop. But um, so just like on a human level, I'm like, I don't care what that dude says. Like, he, come on. But then you agree with him, supposedly. So what are you doing? But <laughs> I just, you're right. It should, and at this point has been made, I feel like, but it should be, this should be the easiest time this, we are probably have a better time right now promoting even if you just pick one thing about libertarianism you really I, want to push. I completely We agree. have, if Ron Paul was in the position that we are now, he might legitimately be able to win. I totally That's, agree. That is how, and it pisses me off because I'm like, man, like just time, let's time travel or something. Like, I, I don't know, like. Just dust they, his old ass off and put, put him back out there. <laughs> I would vote for him. I don't give a well, shit. Joe Biden's running, so why the hell not? Yeah. But, well, yeah, Ron Paul's I'm, a little older, but he's, his mind's way better than Joe's. Oh, let's, oh let's go yeah. I mean, listen, I watched the Liberty Report. I know about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so, it should be so easy. And I, I've i been asked to run for office and just laugh at them because one, it's never something I'd be interested in. Two, I'm like, you people haven't seen my Twitter, have you? Like, <laughs> I cannot, I've fed post far too much to ever be able to run for office unless I'm going to, I mean, yeah, I know Kokesh had the whole, you know, getting elected to then abolish the government. 
but no, I, I have things far more radical than that. That Ooh, I, there's I no like way, that. there's no way I would ever be able to convince people they were jokes. Like, <laughs> come on, the average person. And then, and then you partner that with the cosplay. I'm like, what? Come on, some old person's gonna look at that and go, what is this? I know. This yeah, that is would be weird. Well, it, you never know, though. I mean, it could be appealing somewhere down the road where cosplay is more of a a known thing. I, oh, I did want to ask you, does that have any uh, political involvement whatsoever, or is that just a completely separate hobby for you? Oh, you mean as far as like, do I kind of mesh that with politics? Yeah, like, um, is, do you use, I mean, is that being used in some fashion to to grow the audience or is it just a, a completely separate, I mean, it definitely, it makes you unique. It's not, it's not like, there's not a ton of ANCAP libertarian, you know, anime dress up people, so. <laughs> Someone the other day in a Twitter thread was saying, uh, Oh, I just followed you. Just saw your another libertarian cosplayer, and I was like, "Wait, oh. who? Who else are you talking about? I need <laughs> names. Give me names!" Like I'm like, I'm like, because I I'm like, no, I'm not unique. Fantastic. I want there to be thousands of us. Like, yes, let's storm the conventions. But um, yeah, no, I so I have. We did talk about earlier how annoying it is to see sports people spouting their politics. So sure. Twitter, Twitter is just full on meshed. You're going to see me in wigs and weird outfits and you're going to see me railing on about God knows what about politics. Yeah. Um, my YouTube is pretty much just politics. Um, but I do have a, my Instagram is pretty much just cosplay. Um, oh, and every, every once in a while, I'll just throw up a meme on my Instagram story and just like let it, maybe it'll simmer. And like, and I have, I have seen, I will say that if, no one knows the they're not familiar with the community the cosplay community is very i don't know why because i people are like oh how long have you been cosplaying only since 2016 so my crazy ass got involved in cosplay and politics in 2016 at the same time <laughs> because i just want to get involved in every crazy thing at the same time i guess <laughs> um but uh so i haven't been in the hobby really that long compared to a lot of people yeah. So it's it's very meshed, not really sure why, with the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, so, I, I kind of get that vibe. It's interesting. Um, it's very weird. There's like, As a more conservative person, that must be a little bit of a divide between you guys. Um, yeah, well, it's it's really, well, just the furries that freak me out. I, I, can't, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't handle that. But besides that, I mean, honestly, it's it's just, it's weird to me, that, that connection. I'm like, why? Maybe there's just some history I don't know about. I'm not really sure if it's just because. I think it's just counterculture. Convention chair. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because cosplay is kind of a weird thing. And like for a really long time, you know, gay communities were a counterculture kind of exactly. weird thing to a lot of people. So gay people just, have been dressing up for they years. They just slap them together and they're like, here you go. Yeah, um, exactly. And then there's drag like. Drag queen, but make it anime. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I think I think it, it the connection makes sense, but. I, I think that's what makes you so unique is that you you aren't in that you know line of thinking. So it's it's a unique crossover because you're more of like the family value side of things, but then you're also yeah. dressing up on the weekends. So it's it's interesting. Are are you uh, are you planning on having kids? Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. The COVID thing has kind of put a wrench in my plans, but sure, sure. We'll, well see. But uh, you, I did. You, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I have told people, I'm like, guys, I like, I'm not that crazy. Like, yeah, I know you all know that I'm playing on having kids, but you will never know when it happens. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not like, gonna post I'm, anything about it. Like maybe like people that I talk to in DMs will be like, guys, right. you know, whatever. But I'm not gonna no. I've talked about this so much and my husband's in IT. We've seen too much to ever yeah. think that it's a good idea, especially with me being a more public figure. It's not worth the risk. Even even with just my measly little, you know, because comparatively, my following is not that big. I know people with smaller followings are like, really? Come on. But <laughs> I mean, really, most of it it's is just because I'm most of it is just because I'm a girl. So I mean, we can just, <laughs> you know, someone's gonna get mad at that, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, you pick me. <laughs> yeah, there I go again. <laughs> Uh, admitting that being a woman makes it easier to get followers online, God forbid. But yeah, um, well, if if anyone not denies that fact, they're just their heads in the sand. They're being I mean, delusional. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, wow, not everyone follows me for my tweets. Amazing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I and I do, yeah. Basically, we just we won't be posting anything publicly. But back That's to fair. the political thing, I do. I don't even put my Twitter on my cosplay business cards that I take to conventions. Um just because I, I found that the friends I've made in the cosplay community, if they get to know me as a cosplayer and a human first before shoving politics in their face, which it's really weird. If they would just do the same thing, maybe people wouldn't think they're crazy. Like maybe mm. instead of shoving your politics in people's faces at cons and having panels about really weird stuff that doesn't relate to anime at all, um, people wouldn't think you were crazy. And then when they found out you cosplayed, they'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But like, what does that mean? It's, I'm like, you can do the same thing, but of course they can't because it's like their whole identity for some reason. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's like they can't, all, it all has to be about everything. And like, I know we talked about how much it sucks when you're trying to escape from something and politics or something is being shoved in your face. So my Twitter's blended. I have a separate political Facebook page and a separate cosplay page. And then my Instagram is pretty much just cosplay. There's a few random pictures of me or like pictures of me from the Mises Institute when I went, because I'm like, maybe someone will Google this, you know, but I don't, I don't like post political memes and stuff on my Instagram, but I have been seeing Instagram has just been hell for me (laughs) over these past six months with the BLM stuff because I bet. The majority of people that I follow, especially on Instagram, I just can't get away from it because I follow pretty much exclusively cosplayers on Instagram and fashion people and stuff like that. So it's all completely leftist, but there's a whole day of black squares, which is actually kind of nice because it was a very (laughs) silent day. Um, (laughs) Good day to unwind. Good day. Good day for me to just scroll through my feed and see like the one picture someone posted. (laughs) That that racist um, asshole. (laughs) I have been, there was a girl that I follow that has a much larger Instagram following than me. Uh, maybe like 20 something thousand, I think she has on Instagram. And uh, she posted this meme and it was like, uh, please don't refer to yourself going to the bathroom as taking a shit. It's very <laughs> offensive. It's very offensive to this culture. And I swear to God, I can't even tell what's satire anymore. So I clicked on the post and um, it was clearly a satirical page making fun of when thank people god. say things are offensive. I was like, oh god, thank god. Oh, it's, it's not serious. But then I'm like, wow, like I'm surprised she's posting something like this. And right. she's been posting a lot. Um, she did a cosplay of a character in a Chong Sam, like traditional Chinese dress. Mm-hmm. And people were pissed. Cultural <laughs> appropriation. I'm like, you're cosplaying, cosplaying Japanese cartoons, folks. 
<laughs> like, but hello, guess you can't do anything unless it's made by an American. Like, yeah. well, there goes all my cosplay, except like two. <laughs> but um, she's been posting a lot about anti-cancel culture stuff. And I'm like, I think there is room for improvement here. So yeah. I've been like posting, you know, memes here or there on my Instagram story, seeing if like anybody will respond and like message me. And like anytime I see someone post anti-cancel culture, I'll send them a message like totally agree, blah, blah, blah. And like try to encourage them because a lot of people post stuff like that expecting to get backlash. So I figure maybe if I just message them or they get a message from someone saying that's in the community saying totally agree, girl, can't cancel culture's bullshit. You know, we all need to calm down. This is way too crazy. Maybe the gears will start turning and they'll either talk to me about other stuff or be more outspoken about it with other people too. So but um, I pretty much keep my politics and my cosplay separate, except on my Twitter. Yeah. Well, but, um, I like it. Well, why Why have I seen you beef with some of the other Liberty ladies out there? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I My group chat has a running poll or, or count of who I'm not blocked by at this point. Oh, wow. That's it's. I don't even know. Someone will send a tweet trying to talk about it in the group chat and be like, I am blocked. I don't, who is that? And they're like, really? Why? I'm like, did, I don't know. Did you like, did you go ham like shit posting on people or do you, no. have, you, you just don't know? Okay. I, I, Cause I, some... I don't know. I follow a lot of these people. So many of them are my mutuals and I, I just haven't bridged the gap to even ask, but. No, I, there are some people that I'm like, I, I know why, and it's just silly, and so I just never really posted about it, because I, I went through a phase where if anybody blocked me, I'd post a screenshot, and be like, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> doing my shit posting, but like a few, probably like 20s, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, I was like, I just really don't care, like if you, and you know what, if you don't want to see my tweets, it's fine, it's really not that big of a deal, because obviously with like mid-size well, no, it's funny is a lot of the people have bigger accounts than me. So I'm like, what am I even doing? Like, I'm, I'm just a speck in the little, I'm just a pebble in the pond. Like, I'm not even, I don't even, I'm not really even sure how you're seeing my tweets with all your business, I, but. It, it's very odd to me. I've read, I mean, I've been following you for a while now and I, I don't, I mean, I don't find anything deeply offensive that would ever cause me to do that. So I, I thought maybe there was some like outside of the online world you know the irl beef or something i i really no, didn't know i don't i don't know any of these people in real life um i don't know any of these people in real life i oh god how can i say this without being actually unironically offensive uh because now <laughs> they already I am blocked gonna, you be offensive who cares now i am i just don't like talking about this kind of stuff because i just feel like especially with how women are on the internet and this has happened to me before i'm not even just talking about libertarian communities sure um, and I fall into it too. Sometimes there's like a tendency to, it's probably just solipsism. Like how a lot of women just make things about them, even if it's not. And that's great when it comes to raising kids, cause you're taking care of yourself to make sure your kids are taken care of. But when it comes to being on the internet and someone tweets something and you're like, I bet that's about me when it's not. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I feel like most of it is that because this is a basic bitch thing to say, but I am the kind of person I will at you. <laughs> yeah. And I do at people quite, quite frequently or quote to people and be like, no, I don't agree with this. I think you're wrong with this. Yeah. So the fact that people think that I would be secretly scheming 
I'm like, no, you'll know. Like well, if I legitimately don't agree with something you said or have an issue with you, you will know about it. Trust me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you you strike me as more of a uh, a male personality in the liberty movement. Like you know how there's like that's people... why people think I'm a dude. Oh, they do. <laughs> I didn't know that. I well, you've seen my Twitter profile picture. Yeah. And I think it. So my at name is Kenzie Puff. Right. And my bold name is Mac. And the reason I did it is because my name was Ken my name was Kenzie Puff. So people are calling me Kenzie. And no one calls me that except my husband because he went to high school with me. Got you. Like I that's like such like a younger me thing. My family calls me Mac. And so I've always been more comfortable with Mackenzie or Mac. And but so Mac people is, just assume that you're Mac you're... is masculine though. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people yeah. think I am an anime profile picture male. <laughs> Which to me, I'm like, hell yeah, my cosplay's so good. People think I'm a cartoon. That's amazing. That's really cool, actually. But and I actually changed it a few months ago, and I'm like, no, I have to change it back. It's it was just too funny that it was happening, <laughs> and so um, I changed it back. But I no, still, just like two days ago, I had some dude respond to me. I posted a selfie of my hair and like space buns or something, and some dude was like, oh my god, you're a girl, and I'm like. Well, my cosplay page is linked in my pinned tweet and I do live streams, dude. Like, yes. You should know at some point. I don't know if it's how I, I don't know if it's how I type or what I I talk about maybe, or I don't know, but I don't know. It's it's a a combination of them all. That's why, that's why I was bringing it up is because like, you really do come across as more of the male perspective on a lot of these topics. And I I certainly don't mean any insult to that. I think that, that oftentimes... None There's... taken because allegedly I hate women. So obviously I would love <laughs> if you said I was a dude, right? Like... <laughs> right, right. Well, because uh, a lot of the girls, and I mean no disrespect to the other ones, they it, it'll be a little bit more of a superficial boiled down take and, and you don't tend to do that. So I, I absolutely mean it as a compliment, um, but it's it's hilarious to me that people will you know see your ABI and still be like, oh, it, Mac, it's yeah. a dude. They'll it's like, like, wow, oh, you're... it's a dude. Your 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 dress up is is on point if they think you're a guy. There's an ongoing um, joke that I have because when this started happening, I sent out a tweet saying something like, "Yes, my name is John. I'm 56, and this is me running this account." And so I just <laughs> it was like back in August of last year, maybe 2018. It's been a while since that tweet was up. Um, and I'll just link that to people whenever they think I'm a dude because That's it's awesome. obviously a joke. Like I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not really a dude, but it's an ongoing joke that either um, I'm either just straight up a dude running the account using a girl's pictures, or I'm just actually a trap and a very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you, you'll love, you'll love this. The the way I grew my account to start off because I, I had I started my account like oh did you have a female profile? I, I was just gonna say I I didn't use it for like a decade, but then when I I got more politically involved, uh, like maybe a year and a half, two years ago, uh, my first AVI was I just Googled like fat chick in the American flag bikini and it, and it came up and then that was my ABI for years. So a lot of people, I mean, it's kind of I an tell, on, on I running tell joke. People, I tell people, seriously, for a week, for one week, get a, a family friend or your girlfriend oh, and yeah. be like, can I use your picture? Like you yeah. don't even have to be weird and get a stock photo or something. Use a real picture, like get a, get a friend and be like, Hey, I'm gonna use your picture on Twitter. Is that cool? You will yep. get more followers that week. For just sure. for, and don't, you don't even have to change your language, change your takes. Just no. use 
And here's the thing, that's why I really do think, especially libertarian women, a lot of them get very offended. And on some level, I get it, don't get me wrong, because yeah, I know I make jokes like, well, obviously I cosplay too, so I know some people are following me just for that, because they tell me, they just ignore my politics because somehow they can, and they just look at my cosplay when I post it, which is fine. Um, but they, they get offended when you say that it's easier being a female on the internet. And I just don't know how anyone with 20 to 100,000 followers looking at all these, I mean, I'm, I've been really glad to see Eric July blow up over the past year on Twitter because for a while there, I was like, man, I'm catching up. This is ridiculous. This is disgusting to me. I should not be catching up to this person. This, I mean, he still had double, but like if he'd stayed, you know, on the growth path he was on and I stayed on the growth path I was on, I was, you know, on the path. And I'm like, this grosses me out. He has, he knows so much more than me. He's someone that's really informed a lot of my opinions and research. And just because I'm a woman, I'm gaining followers. Yeah. At a more rat for the same takes a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and it's uh, so stupid, <laughs> but it's true. And and the the funny thing is, you don't even have to be an attractive woman. I was a morbidly oh, obese woman yeah. in an American flag bikini with my tits hanging out of the side, and people were it like, doesn't matter. They were they still were loving it. I mean, I, I, most of the real followers knew I was a dude, and obviously, if you click they the just picture, it you was would, funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was obviously just a troll funny thing, but. Uh, people, people still will like DM me sometimes going like, dude, could you change it back? Like, I really, I missed that. (laughs) I think, I don't remember when I started following you, but I must've seen your tweets around because I definitely remember that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I started, I started to get some real traction like a year ago. So that, that was when, you know how they'll just show people, even if you don't follow them. So I'm sure. Yeah. When someone likes a tweet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, and that's why, I mean, you said I don't share a surface level takes or I don't remember how you phrased it, yeah. but the reason why is because I've realized, and don't, like I tweet memes out sometimes that are generic that I think are funny. And sometimes course, I'll yeah. tweet, like the other day when I tweeted, you know, limited governments and oxymoron, that's a fairly basic take, like whatever. Yeah. But the reason I started talking about different topics and more Rothbard and Hoppe and talking about, you know, feminism, like on a deeper level, not just like feminism is bad it's like yes thank you a wise one like we know (laughs) but um the reason i started talking about that stuff is because i'm like okay i have this platform i'm not going to use it to tweet taxation stuff once a month yeah it's 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 got to be more than that and that's why i started doing live streams to actually talk to people once a week because i'm like i have this platform it's stupid as much as i love that i can just shill my cosplay on my political account with twenty thousand followers um and my facebook page does have over 20,000 too for cosplay, wow. but, Didn't know that. but Facebook, the algorithm is just so screwed up that it, you don't get near the reach on Facebook you get on Twitter. So Twitter is for sure my main platform, despite the numbers thing. Nice. But, um, I'm like, if I have this platform, why would I use it to just say the most basic things I could possibly say? It's just, I don't know. I've considered maybe starting a blog, maybe just doing not a podcast. I, I did. It was so funny when the lockdown happened. I said, just so everyone knows, I will not be starting a podcast because <laughs> like so many people had asked me and so many podcasts like yours and, and a bunch of other people for starting up, which is understandable. You have the time, right. you have the energy now to actually put into it. Why would you not? But I just, I'm like, it's, we have so many libertarian podcasts. I'm like, I don't need to do one. I'll just go on other people's like now. It's so, perfect. It's perfect. I, and um, I appreciate it. 
but uh oh what i was gonna say is it it's like what i what i kind of mean by the masculine energy thing is that you're willing to say things that can can lose followers like it oh my god i lost a hundred this week yeah there you go so i'm like what am i and i it's so funny that's what i appreciate those are the those are the people i follow though or if you're not willing to say something that might lose you followers i don't have any interest in following you some guy responded to me something this morning and i i was like this guy's a weirdo and i blocked him and i looked at my husband i go this is why i don't have more followers (laughs) like i would probably be up to thirty thousand by forty thousand by now if i didn't just either just call people out when i don't agree or i i used to not block people i just i block people now i'm like i'm not gonna pretend i'm more high and mighty than that if i just blocked somebody the other day for saying they don't like mcdonald's like i don't (laughs) i don't care i'm the same way i'm i'm totally taken on michael maybe it's 2020 Maybe it's 2020 that just is like, you know what? I'm done. I I already <laughs> yeah. have to deal with all this other stuff. If I don't have to deal with these stupid people, I'm not going to deal with it. Whatever. Exactly. And if I, that person wants to talk crap because I blocked them, which many have, I don't even care. Like yeah. some, I, I I blocked one dude, and he sent me an email. <laughs> Jesus. And then I posted about his. I I'd already blocked him, so I don't know how he saw this. I'm assuming someone was creeping for him. I posted about the email i was like guys this is so cringy if i blocked you i'm see it's the michael malice thing if i blocked you either i was being a goofball and don't take it personally it's just twitter or there was a reason why i blocked you like don't email me because my emails in my bio so it's really a or you can message my pages which sometimes people do too when i block them which is worse i can't imagine being that like going to i'm like dude you're going to another plot why i'm not that great my takes are not that unique. Like I, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, yeah. Like if somebody like Dave Smith or, or Tom Woods or somebody that I look up to blocked me, yeah, I would be like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. But I wouldn't email Dave Smith and be like, <laughs> dude, you used to follow me. Why'd you block me? What did I do? I'm right. like, that's, I cannot imagine the level of, I don't even know. That's but, a hard, that's a hard simp right there. If he's going <laughs> to, he's going to go to a different platform. It's like, Hey, just, if you're that, if you're that thirsty, just create a fucking burner and follow her on that. Jesus Christ. It's just, well, and then people are like, I always think it's so funny that people, since I cosplay, I get why if they don't think I'm a male anime profile picture, usually the next assumption because they don't read my bio because they can't read i guess is that i'm a leftist which is completely understandable i'm a female cosplayer yeah <laughs> listen throw throw darts at a dartboard you're probably not going to hit me and you're not going <laughs> to hit an ancap or or a conservative person i right. get it so i totally get the stereotypes but it's always funny to me people are like well and i've seen people that have me blocked i've been sent screenshots being like well, she, you know, she calls herself traditional, but she cosplays. I'm like, what? First of all, no, I don't. Second of all, I'm wearing a skin tight neck to toe bodysuit in my profile picture. If I wanted to portray myself as trad, that is not the picture. And I would not have my cosplay page pinned to my pinned tweet. Like go look at these anime photos that a lot of people think are weird. That's that's what makes you unique, man. I'm telling you, because you can't no. be pigeonholed. You're you're you have too many uh, fingers in different pots. So it's like, it's it's hard to and and that's why I like it because I, I really don't know what your take will be on a different topic. It's like yes, I see the ANCAP nature of you, yeah. but then you're also more of like the, have the traditional conservative side, which I have some to some extent, but it's not as much. So, um, yeah. anyways, I I've done a full JRE experience with you, so we should probably oh, wrap. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, can you can you tell people where to find you? 
Yeah, um, if you're interested in the blend of cosplay and politics, the best place for that is my Twitter. So that's underscore Kenzie Puff, K-E-N-Z-I-E-P-U-F-F. -F. And if you want, uh, I'm also on Instagram at that same handle. And then if you want just cosplay and you're like, this person was annoying, uh, you can find me at <laughs> Kenzie Puff Cosplay on Facebook. And if you're just interested in politics and political memes, um, Mac and Liberty is my YouTube channel as well as just my political Facebook page. So, and I live stream, well, now it's football season. So Every usually, Thursday, right? usually Thursday nights, unless the Chiefs are playing, um, or um, usually Friday nights, Thursday or Friday nights, pretty much. I, I've been trying to really do once a week live streaming, and I do that on, on Twitter via Periscope and on YouTube. So if you have either of those platforms, you can find me there too. And those are great. So I hope people will check you out. Uh, your audience is way bigger than mine. So I, I don't know if I'll get much traction for you. But um, anyways, I'm sure people have enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better and understand more of your opinions other than just the, uh, the occasional tweets here and there. So uh, it's been a blast. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right, guys, this is Liberty Lockdown. I'll check you next time. We're out.